environment about the lipid, then you have the hair. You can uh, zoom in uh, uh, across the 100 yards in 10 seconds with a 10 second guess. You think about beforehand. Uh, so three questions come Maybe then that's what maybe then that's what that person can do. The second person, because you won't get an opportunity like this again. According to Rashi, it doesn't really, uh, it doesn't make a difference. This is included in what we say the second person shouldn't do because he'd be considered to be a Russia. Um, uh, Rabbeinu Tam um, uh, argues uh, with Rashi. Rabbeinu Tam says, no, it's only like the case of Rav Gidl where we're dealing with a commercial uh, transaction. Rabbeinu Tam asks uh, uh, Akasha from, uh, on Rashi from the Gemara in uh, Baba Metzia that indicates uh, that if one person finds a Metzia, and falls on it, but hasn't made a Kenyan, another person can grab it, and it belongs to him, and we don't find that that person is criticized, per se, for for, for taking it. So we see that uh, it's it's okay. And similarly, there's a, the case of the Tosefta in Peah, Mishalike, Mixa, Sapeo, Pires, Taliso, Alem, Avimoso, Imena, that if uh, the um, a, a person uh, placed a talus over some Peah crops that were placed for Aniam in the side of somebody's field, uh, so he's not considered to be to have a, a king in over it, and we would n- say that he's he doesn't get to keep it just because his talus was spread over it. Uh, so Rabbeinu Tam says uh, that uh, it's only in a case where a person wants to be maviach b'schiras or bikone something where we apply this principle, because we say that why bikone uh, this item that the first fellow has already invested effort into and is uh, on verge of being Kona it, when you can buy a different item, you can rent a different item. But if it would be a one-time opportunity, it would be something which is like a mitzia where you're not necessarily going to get it again. So then Rabbeinu Tam says that the Yisr does not, does not apply at all. Might this have something to do with the underpinnings of the Yisr? I don't know. Maybe. Um, the, the Mordechai, um, which I have in the materials, uh, gives essentially... Um, as an explanation of uh, this uh, idea, uh, this halacha of is that it's similar to Matsranus. It's similar to the law of Bametzra. We say a mochir is selling a property, so the one who should get first dibs, right, a first refusal, should be the neighbor who would be able to expand his existing property because it's a, a nicer for him to get it than for somebody else to get it because he has a unique opportunity to expand this property. Let the other person buy elsewhere. That's um, an application of an adraban, an atakana adraban. An atakana adraban is how the Mordechai puts it, an application of Vesisa, Vesisa Yosha Ve'atov. Vesisa Yosha Ve'atov makes sense uh, when uh, the other person is not going to, the, the second person won't, won't unduly lose out. But if it's a rare opportunity for the second person as well, so we can apply a principle chayacha komen. According to Rashi, uh, you could say the way that uh, the Nabal Mishpatech Yaakov of Yaakov of no Mitzri Yehuda Ben Yaakov expresses it. It's a it's an iser uh, it's an iser atzmo uh, that it's not necessarily based on the parameters, uh, so that it would be circumscribed. Of but it's an isra'atzmo that would apply across the board. Kind of an isra'atzmo. Rashi gives you a little bit of a clue. Rashi says over here, the person is considered to be a rasha because he's yoreid the chaye chaveru roshon of the the the, the maharit is that it's um, sort of based on 
The Gemara in Sanhedrin says, uh, that just like you shouldn't take away a person's profession, you shouldn't take away possessions uh, that a person is on verge of uh, obtaining. But either way, it would be some more absolute din. If I understood that it's based on Mesisa Hayashar Vehatov, and that it's akin to whatever Takano was made by Chazal in connection with Matsranos, so we could say just like over there, if the person who is the abutting neighbor finds out that there was a property that was sold and he didn't know about it, he wasn't given a chance to buy it, so as long as he's willing to pay the price that was paid by the purchaser, so he can force the purchaser to sell it to him. So it could be that there would be a requirement here too of a disgorgement that the person who had the ill-gotten gain and the second fellow would be obligated to turn it over at least for the same price uh, to the first fellow. And that, in fact, is uh, the sheet of Rabbeinu Tam recorded by the Ritva, discussed by the Pesachet here on our simon. And um, Rabbeinu Tam uh, basically has um, uh, the entire world disagreeing with him uh, regarding this point, at least until Moshe Feinstein came around, that uh, the uh, general uh, assumption is not like uh, Rabbeinu Tam, uh, that there is no chiyuv uh, of disgorgement, but says um, uh, of um, uh, Tzvi uh, Ben Yaakov, uh, that uh, the uh, th- that is consistent with a finding that uh, the that the that uh, like the Mordechai says uh, that it would be based on Mesisa Hayosha Ve'atov because uh, then it's consistent with what we said by Matzranus that uh, there would be an obligation of a disgorgement. So we would say Rabbeinu Tam Lashitoso. Interesting suggestion. I, I I don't know, but it's an interesting it's an interesting suggestion. Uh, now, uh, the, uh, the Rabbeinu Tam asked Akasha in his discussion uh, regarding this from the sugya of in Baba Basra of Dagim Shdiavi Sira uh, that we have a fisherman that spread his uh, net and we say that uh, the other uh, fishermen are not allowed uh, to go and uh, take advantage uh, to grab uh, the fish, but this is also not something that they're buying. This is also a metziah. So why is it that uh, this would be a problem according to, um, uh, why would this be a problem according to Rabbeinu Tam, that it shouldn't be a problem? So Rabbeinu Tam uh, says uh, a couple of things. Uh, He says uh, that one possible explanation is uh, that uh, there, the person has a profession, uh, that this is what he does. He's 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 a fisherman. If you interfere with somebody's profession, it could be that's a different category here. Of Gidol uh, was not necessarily in the uh, profession uh, that he was uh, turning around uh, properties. It was, it was such a profession. Maybe if he was a professional uh, real estate developer or purchaser, and that's how he made his money, maybe it would be Mohammer, according to this explanation of Rabbeinu Tam. It's a person's profession, so maybe that's a more a severe issue of Yorid Umnos Chavero, and where we would sometimes. Uh, even though we're pretty uh, makeal about Hasogus Gvu, we passed like Rafuna Braid of Rabbi Yoshua, who's a uh, makeal about uh, one Bamavoy opening up a uh, 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 opening up a, a place uh, in the same neighborhood as uh, somebody else. Um, but nonetheless, uh, there are instances where we're going to say that that sort of thing will be also because of Pasakta the Chaye. Uh, and the other possibility that's mentioned by Rabbeinu Tam is that uh, that case is uh, potentially. Kein Gezel, uh, that once uh, the fisherman's net is uh, placed out there, it's as if there is some sort of a Kenyan uh, that has been made, and already 
once there is an actual Kenyan, so then we're in totally different uh, territory. So even though it's not an effective Kenyan, it's already considered to be uh, in the realm of Kenyan, at least Midrabanan, uh, that we would say that it's Ki'ilu Gozolo, and uh, therefore we're going to uh, be, and therefore we're going to uh, not allow uh, that sort of thing. Um, so already from that Rabbeinu time, there's a very important principle that emerges, which is, yes, we can discuss and we will discuss in a vacuum, uh, because that's uh, the uh, halacha that is honed in on uh, by the Shulchan Aruch here in Simon Reish Lam and Zayim, but it doesn't exist in a vacuum. It exists in tandem and in connection with various other rules and regulations as well that sometimes will cause the situation to be more severe or less severe. Those rules are codified by the Pischei Tshuva in Simen Kuf Nun Vav of Choshen Mishpat, which might be a good segue since we're heading in that direction shortly from what I understand in terms of the Kolel's Alimud. Um, and that is the four categories, which to some degree is based upon a discussion in the Chassam Sofer, where he discusses at great length the different categories and gradations. There's Mahapech, Munach, Tirchen, Psik. What do those sound like? They sound like trucks. But no, Mahapech is that if I have like a, a real estate uh, transaction, that's a Mahapech. Munach um, is, it's just sitting there, it's a Mitzia. That's where I have the Machlokis between Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam. Mahapech, there's no Machlokis that that's a problem of Ariya Mahapech Becharara. The question is, what are the parameters of Mahapech? There you're going to have some machlokis. Then there's Tircha. At what point in time does a person put in so much Tircha that we say it's worse? Worse? So what's the worst case? We know Gemar and Gittin, conveniently on the same daf, Nuntes, um, talks about Oni Ha'an, He works really hard. Goes to the top of an olive tree, falls out, he falls down, it's going to be the end of him. Prepared to risk his life. According to some poskim, that's the standard that's necessary. Others say that's like, you don't need quite that standard, but he does a tremendous tircha yaseira. Sometimes we say if a person does a tremendous tircha yaseira, so then it's worse than nikra rasha, that, that uh, it's a, considered to be um, a, a type of gezel midivrayim. Um, if somebody would then pick up the olives uh, that uh, he put in so much tircha to accumulate, that's a, that's a worse category. And then you have pasik. Pasik is pasik lechaye. That's what Rabbeinu Tam is discussing over here in the context of the fishermen where you are taking away from somebody's parnosa, so that could be a more severe violation. That's discussed in the, a counterpart. Simon later on, Simon Shin Pei Fav, uh, discusses some of those, um, those uh, inyanim. Now, we, our focus is on the first two, uh, but as we see, it could sometimes, sometimes it can uh, branch out to the next two. Ours is on Mahapich, and it's on, and it's on Munach. But in the sugi itself, from the discussion, we see that there are three different inyanim um, that are discussed in which uh, this, uh, these principles are applied. The first is, of course, uh, the case of uh, the, uh, right before the Maisev of Gidol, what in the word did the Gemara discuss there? It was a Mishnah and a Gemara that preceded the Maisev of Gidol. There's a reason it's in Kiddushin. The reason it's in Kiddushin is because the case that's being discussed right then and there is uh, the fellow who appoints a shliach to be Makadish a woman for him. Bad idea. You want to be Makadish a woman, do it yourself. Do it yourself. That really is the main message and lesson that you should derive from that sugya the Gemara. Do not appoint a shliach, especially one who is not himself married. Very, very bad idea. So anyway, um, the fellow appoints the shliach. 
Shlia finds the girl and says, why in the world should I marry her off to this other guy? I'd like her for myself. And Tavla Mesa, she's happy to, you know, grab the first guy who proposes. So she agrees to marry him. So he did a, a very, very bad thing, obviously. So Ramai, the Rambam upgrades or downgrades Ramai to Russia, kind of putting the, the sugyasa together of what happened in uh, the case of uh, the, uh, uh, the, the treacherous Ashliach and uh, the story of Rav Gidl, but clearly that case is talking about Shiduchim. So we see that there's some application of this principle with respect to Shiduchim, and that in fact is a major discussion primarily amongst contemporary poskim of Ani in the context of a Shiduchim. The second, of course, is the commercial transaction case of Rav Gidl. We're dealing with a person who has a deal, and before that they're trying to conclude, and before they have a chance of clinching the deal, somebody comes along and they grab the merchandise of the property of the deal away from them. And then the third is um, the case that Tosvos uh, discusses at the end of his discussion in uh, in Simon in, in uh, Kedushin Daf uh, Daf Nuntes. Uh, so after uh, Tosvos has his uh, discussion of the the kasha from the case of uh, the fish, so uh, Tosvos uh, brings uh, the uh, case of uh, the, the applications with respect to school teachers of a malamid and a balabayis. And here uh, a question that arises is uh, did Tosos only intend to talk about Malamdim and, ba- and Balabatim, or this is sort of a paradigmatic case of Poalim. When you get the Skiris Poalim, every pole is a Malamid. It seems uh, that uh, this is uh, sort of the stand-in. Your stand-in, standard pole makes sense for anyone who's learning the Sugius in the basement, because your standard pole is a Malamid. Um, but really, it could be that Tosos is referring to, and the way Tosos is understood by Rova Poskim, Rova Poskim, is that uh, Tosos is creating a paradigm really for all work situations, and that's a sort of the application um, with respect to Tzchiris Poalim, that we set the third application. So that's why I have these three different territories, these three different categories, because these really are the categories that emerge directly from the Sugya. Mishnah and Gemara that, that deal with the Shidduch, the, the main uh, uh, core Sugya with respect to Rav Gidl, Rav Biaba, which has to do with Mecca Chomemka, and then the Tosos that brings in Tzchiris Poalim as an apparent application, apparent application of Avani Amahapech uh, Bechorora, you could say that Tosos also brought it right after his discussion of the, the Dag, the fisherman case, because maybe he meant it as an application of Pasakta the Chiyusi, of uh, somebody who's intruding on somebody's profession in Lab Davka, Avani Amahapech Bechorora, but certainly the way that the Shulchan Arach, the Machaber, brings it right here in Reish Lamed Zion, he's understanding Tosos like Poshib Shat, that he's bringing this uh, scenario as an application of the principle of So now, uh, the, uh, in order just to establish the building blocks, before we can apply all of these different principles to these uh, three different scenarios, so it's important to understand the, what the building blocks are. One building block clearly is uh, the Machlokas Rashi and Tosos. Does it apply to Munach? Does uh, this entire principle apply to Hefker and Metzia altogether? It's important to know that, that uh, Rabbeinu uh, Tam himself, uh, in his uh, discussion in uh, the um, Tosvos, uh, not here in uh, Kiddushin, uh, but uh, where he has uh, the discussion in Baba Basra. So in Baba Basra, uh, Tosvos brings a sugya nezu neshech that seems to propose a kasha on uh, the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam, uh, that, that if you're not even a Russia, um, when you're dealing with a Mitzia type of case, uh, so why in that particular scenario, it seemed uh, involving Rav Murray, 
and Rabba to what degree uh, and the Nechasim of a non-Jew. Uh, so why was there a concern over there? So he talks about B'Shem and Lifnim Mishur Sadin Avod. That there is an idea of going Lifnim Mishur Sadin, even if we don't paskin like Rashi, even if we don't paskin like Rashi, that you're considered a Rasha, Chas Risholim, um, for, uh, for uh, intruding upon somebody's uh, opportunity for uh, to gain a, a Metziah or Hefker, nonetheless, Lifnim Mishur Sadin, it seems like even Tosvos suggests uh, that it's uh, pro- that it would be appropriate to stay away from that to, from from that type of thing, and that's an important thing to know as well. Now, uh, and that's an important thing to know because we'll see that uh, at least from a Lifnim Mishura Sadin perspective, Rashi sort of makes it into the calculus. Once he makes it into the calculus, so then that's going to cause the one relevant distinction: the way that we paskin. Uh, leaving the Lavush out of the picture for a moment, uh, in terms of why the entire case speaks about Ani, because it could have said Adam. Why did it say Ani? So there must be some sort of a distinction between an Ani and an Ashir. So we're going to have one distinction between an Ani and an Ashir, as understood by the Sma. So, first of all, do we paskin like the Ramah, not like, excuse me, do we paskin like Rashi, do we paskin like Rabbeinu Tam? So the Ramah clearly leaves things unambiguous. That the Rama says that we paskin one hundred percent like the uh, we paskin one hundred percent like uh, like like Rabbeinu Tam. Uh, we paskin like Rabbeinu Tam. Uh, the, um, the both um, shitos are brought by by the Mechaber. Uh, the Mechaber uh, says uh, that uh, sort of basically has two yesh omims uh, in the picture and uh, says like this: the yesh omim. And then a few lines later, the Machabe says, and the Ramah says, end of the Usvara Rishona, that the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam is the one which is the Yikr. So we know where the Ramah stands. Do we know where the Machabe stands? Well, it depends. The Machabe first brought the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam. Then the Mechaber brought the opinion of Rashi. If I would have a Stam and a Yeshomim, so then the Halacha, according to the Klolim of how the Mechaber Paskins, would be like the Stam. But here I have two Yeshomims in a row. When I have two Yeshomims in a row, says the Yad Malachi, that the Klal is that the Mechaber is really Paskins like the second opinion, in which case the Mechaber is saying, you should be Machmir. You should be Machmir like the Shita of Rashi. But then there is a, a third approach, or, or another approach, that says that's only when the Machaber says Yeshomim, and then he says Vyeshomim. But if the Machaber says Vyeshomim, and then Vyeshomim, so then he really is holding like the first opinion. So that then you would conclude, oh, well, what do you know? It could be that the Machaber also holds like Rabbeinu Tam. And then you have the opinion of the Sman and the Sivas and the Piskei Shuvah, who all say, well, you don't have to torture yourself to figure out what the Machaber meant in Sif Aleph, because that's why the Machaber gave you Sif base. So Sif base that talks about the Balabayas who wants to have a good Malamid um, for his son, and he sees that somebody else is in the process of hiring a Malamid. So the Balabayas has the right of snatching that Malamid away. And Pashtus, the way that the Sman and Sivas Biskit Shuba learn is because this is a Metziah. Because what bigger Metziah is there than a good Rebbe? You know how hard it is to find a good Rebbe? Not an easy thing. If I, you're running a school and you've got a good, good Malamed, there's like a Chinuch shortage. We all know that. You have a good Malamed. So uh, 
all is fair, you know, in hiring malamdim uh, for schools. So you snatch the malamdim away, no problem. And that's what uh, the Mechaber says. Uh, that uh, another balabayas can come along and grab that one malamid can take away another malamid's position. That will be only a mahapik b'chorara and let him find a job somewhere else. But for the balabayas, this is a one-time mitzvah, it's a one-time opportunity. He wants a good malamid for his son, um, uh, for, for to, to, to be the rebbe for his son. So uh, therefore, it's from um, here. It appears for sure that the mechaber is paskining like the like Rabbeinu Tam, except. Of course, you don't necessarily have to say that. The Yorach HaShulchan says that, no, this case is an exception. This case is an exception because don't you know about the mitzvah exception? Sure, right? It says, right, I don't know. I don't know. What's the mitzvah exception? There might be a mitzvah exception, and we might be able to derive it from the sugi, at least according to the Marashal. He says there is a mitzvah exception. There's a mitzvah exception that Animahapik Vecharor does not apply when the second person is out to, to perform perform a mitzvah. It could be, maybe it has to be a mitzvah that that, that he has an absolute obligation uh, to, uh, to to perform himself, and that, that uh, he, he has a mitzvah chiyuvis, so to speak, as opposed to a mitzvah chiyuvis, like the obligation of a father to teach Torah to his son. So that's what we're going. Uh, that's what we're talking about over here. Maybe it wouldn't even necessarily extend to a school. Maybe the school doesn't have the same level mitzvah, unless the school's representing all the fathers, and all the fathers want Badafka, this Rebbe, for his son. So they maybe, you know, on that argument, maybe you could say it extends. Um, nowadays, uh, the main application of the second sip of this, uh, of Simon Reish Lam and Zion, of course, is in connection with schools hiring Rebbeim, because we don't have the private tutor situation quite as much nowadays. Um, but that's what the Yorach HaShokan says, uh, that uh, these, it's a totally different sugya. And in fact, it makes sense because the Mechabit doesn't say, oh, by the way, the two opinions I bought the, the previous sips, and now I'm going to tell you that it's really only one opinion, and this is the way that the Chaynikah or something, I don't know. Uh, but it seems like the Mechabit himself is sort of broadcasting to you that this is uh, in a different domain, that it's a different type of case. But uh, be it as, as it may, uh, so it's left as a sort of an unresolved issue in the sense that uh, you have a number of Spadash Poskim who say that you can't bring a raya from Siv base with respect to the Mechaber, that really the Mechaber is paskening like Rashi and Sif Aleph, and then outside of the Malamid situation, um, one would have to be uh, one would have to be Machmir uh, and say that it would be considered like the a second person is is a Russia. But even if I didn't have that, I have the Balatanya. And I have the Rabbeinu Tam that I already quoted in Baba Basra and later authorities who make it clear that even if you don't paskin like Rashi, there is a sort of an expectation that you should try to follow Rashi. And this is where we have the chiluk between the Ani and the Asher, as the Sma says, that even if I would follow Rashi, or even if I held the Machaba holds like Rashi, or I'm going to follow, I'm going to um, try to keep uh, the Shita of Rashi. Nonetheless, this is where uh, it's a, the, we, we paskin that it only is applicable to an Ani and it's not applicable to an Ashir. And this, of course, uh, appears um, that, that the Ramah himself says, even according to the second Svara, namely the Shita of Rashi, it's Tafka Ani Avabi Ashir Lo. But not with respect to an usher, meaning that if the first person who came along who was trying to get the mitzvah 
was trying to grab the gingerbread man uh, was a uh, was an usher. So then, no problem for the second person to come along. Does the second person have to be Dafka and Ani? Nah, nobody's focusing on the second person. Second person can be whatever you want. Ani, usher, middle middle class, whatever. Second person, person, whoever he is, is fine as long as the first person is an usher. Uh, so then, let the first person find it somewhere else. Why? Why would he be able to find the gingerbread man? Why would he be able to find the, the diamond, um, the, 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 the precious diamond in a different location? So the answer is he's rich. So maybe when he finds it in a different location, it's going to be in Tiffany's and there's going to be a price tag over it. But you know what? He's rich. Let him pay for it. It's okay. He can obtain it somewhere else because he's rich. So therefore, the halacha would not apply even according to Rashi if the person is rich. And this is very important to the degree that we would want to follow Rashi, at least if it would not apply um, in those uh, situations where the first person is rich, at least when I'm dealing with a Metziah situation. I don't have that rich person exception in a Mecca Chumemka situation. Mecca Chumemka situation, person's paying money anyway. Um, uh, so what do you want? They should pay double somewhere else? It doesn't, they, in the Mecca Chumemka uh, situation, it's a, um, uh, the the the, the is that the second person can go somewhere else. So let the second person go somewhere else. It doesn't matter if the first person is rich. Presumably, in the case of, of Gidel and Rabbi Abba, they're both rich. They both have the ability, number one, uh, to, uh, to to buy real estate and to give away real estate for free or decline a free gift of real estate. So obviously, we're dealing with people who are pretty well off. And nonetheless, uh, the, the, all the principles of Ani Amahapik Bechorah are going to be applicable. Yes, uh, you've been very patient. Yes, I. I didn't the the svar we shown is talking dafka about a case i'm bringing a raya from rab gidel and rabbi abba where we don't seem to be taking into account the the respective ashivas there yeah Right. No, no, no. But no, he's saying even according to Rashi, that it's usher for the second person to interfere in a mitzia. That's not when the first person is an usher, right? But in the case of Mecca Kumemker, the second person would not be allowed to interfere even then. No, it would be, the distinction between Ani and Usher comes up according to Rash because he holds this case is Usher. So even though this case is Usher, if I have an Usher, then the case is going to be permitted. If the first fellow is an Usher, then it's going to be permitted. No, no, I'm not distinguishing within, within Tosos. Within Tosos, if it's mutter anyway, it's mutter. The the, the Ani Usher distinction is saying that even though otherwise it's Usher, in this case it's going to be mutter. If it starts out being mutter, I don't need that distinction. I mean, let's see a whole like the lavush, but I'm, I'm ignoring the lavush. Okay. Because, you know, if the smart uh, uh, felt that he should ignore the lavush, I'm, I'm, I'm ignoring the lavush. Okay. So anyway, 
So if the uh, so this so so this is a, this is one important distinction. Now the other thing uh, that uh, the uh, the other thing that the Ramah mentions is this other machlokis where you have to register this as well, and that's the machlokis between the Mahardach and the Ramban. So he says within Rashi, wh- what does Mitzia include? So he says So within I should say that Rashi the machlokis of Benotam and Rashi. What's included in Mitzvah? So he says, a good op- a good mecker opportunity where something is being sold at a big sale, a big discount. You wouldn't be able to find that discount anywhere else. So then that also has the din of a Mitzvah, where we say it's going to be mutter, or at best, it would be off limits, only lifnim mishura sadin, if you hold like Rabbeinu Tam. If you hold like Rabbeinu Tam. Comes along at the shach and says, I don't agree with that. Uh, that's uh, the Ramban uh, disagrees, and the Ramban says uh, that even if it is a good opportunity with a discount, but it's still a sale, it's a mecha opportunity, and it's not a matana opportunity. So he says, that there would be no reason uh, to be uh, to be mechalik. Um, so uh, therefore, uh, this uh, creates uh, another layer uh, of uh, consideration for us. It's an interesting thing because a number of the post game developed this into sort of like a fake fake al-Khumrah when they deal with these types of shilas. I saw a few of these examples, both in the Piskei Choshit and the Mishpat Apolim, where they deal with situations where somebody wants to get in on a really good deal opportunity. And the answer is, look, number one, the, uh, we're saying that uh, the Ramah says that this is like a mitzvah and therefore you want to be makeover. Maybe the halakha is like Rashi. And number two, even if the halacha is like, or not like Rashi, maybe the halacha is like the Ramban, that this really should be treated not as a mitzia, but as a mecha situation, and therefore you should be makhla. So that also uh, is um, an important, uh, an important nakuda uh, with respect to, to these, um, to, to these inyanim. Uh, now, uh, the, um, uh, the next thing that I wanted to just point out in terms of a foundational uh, issue, is uh, the question of the prisha? Is a prisha? Yes. No. Wait, the Ramban. No, the Ramban was the one who asked. He asked a partic- a good a good discount. He said that that's that's also asked. Yeah. 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 Whenever the purpose is lahaviach, so then it's going to be a mecha territory. The purpose of the balabayas was not lahaviach. The purpose was that he wants to perform a, a mitzvah tamatora. So you could distinguish it in that particular fashion. I'm just saying that, that that's the, 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 the we didn't find that kula with respect to one melamed who wants to take advantage of a good opportunity and to elbow out uh, another melamed. It's only with respect to balabayas. The balabayas might be a totally different consideration. That really might be in the siyanah mecha territory. I is paying money. That's not necessarily how we define mecha. It could be we define mecha in terms of these looking lahaviach. 
A person's not, not that's, that's not what it's, what's on his mind. Now, the, um, the next thing is the Prisha. The Prisha is uh, curious, as the Pisgah Tshuva uh, mentions, because the Prisha had an Elias, as we know, his Elias was the Sma. Prisha, same person. So in the Prisha, he has a Chumrah that he does not register in the Sma. And the Pisgah Tshuva says that this is a very curious thing, that he only has it in the, the Prisha, but he doesn't have it in the Odea. Lama Lohiskim Mizeb Bisma, what's the Naprisha? You look in source 10, that's the Pisgah Tshuva. says, the Prisha says that if you have the, a situation where there hasn't yet been Pisudamim, there hasn't yet been an actual um, finalization of or commitment to, to the terms of the transaction by the two parties who are negotiating. So then he says that um, there's he disagrees or takes a different approach from that which is articulated by the Mordechai. The Mordechai is very, very important because the Mordechai says, and this is something which is, I should start off by mentioning that this is codified by the Ramah. The Ramah says, calls there the whole list of Lomayri Lakshikva Pasko Adam Shibinem. It's only when they've sealed the deal, they've sent and done the equivalent of like a handshake that where you don't have a minigasokan for the handshake to be the Kenyan, um, where basically they have their agreement in, in terms. It's just a question of, oh, okay, now we're going to go home. We made a deal and I'll send you the contract tomorrow. It happens all the time. Okay. Uh, listen, I've been on a house. I've been on a house when we moved to Riverdale. So I saw a house right uh, on 277th Street, right uh, 238th Street and Independence Avenue. I, I couldn't believe that it was available. And uh, the last house practically in the entire area, it wasn't an apartment building. Now it is. We should have held out for more money. It's a different story. But anyway, we saw this house and uh, we uh, bid uh, we, we bid on the house and uh, the uh, the seller said, it's a deal. It's a deal. I'll say it was less than the asking price by by a certain amount. The broker said, if you offer this amount, you'll probably get it. And sure enough, he agreed to the price and we sealed the deal. Good. But there was no contract yet. So he sent me a contract. So I had my, 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 my schmear, who's a lawyer, um, a real estate lawyer. Look at, look at the contract. He'd give me advice. So he's a very thorough real estate lawyer. So he had like a lot of comments. I went back to, to the, the, to the seller and the, the seller said, Hey, look, if you want all these comments, I, I, I just gave you a, a plain, regular, boilerplate form. If you, either you want it or you don't want it. Should I put the market, get the house back on the market? I said, no, I want this house. So I signed it. What I did, yeah, it's, it's fine. Um, so the, uh, but, but it wasn't, I only realized when he made that comment that we didn't actually have a deal until I had a signed contract. He was a very nice fellow. He was, he took, he took down the for sale side immediately okay, afterwards. What? I hope that was before Yale Law. Uh, this, nah, <laughs> way, way after Yale Law. So he took down the, 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 the and my share also went to Yale Law, and and, and he took down the um, uh, he took down the sign. But but I realized I I better I better finalize the deal. I better I better sign the contract. But that's what the Mordechai says. That's the that's Aniyamahapik Bechorah says the Mordechai. This is applicable basically when you have a uh, when you have a, a final psika or when there, there there's an agreement when there's an agreement in terms uh, because the idea of the agreement in in, in terms is that the deal is basically going to happen at this point in time. He says, And then somebody else comes in and, and, he, uh, and he pushes himself in. Even if he adds some money, but if the mocha hasn't yet agreed, 
Somebody else comes along. You know what he's doing? He's doing a favor. You're going to end up causing the mocher a loss. So the Mordechai is very important because the Mordechai gives us the Svarah behind the Ramah, meaning that just like we have a concept when it comes to Hasagas uh, Gvul. Hasagas Gvul, we say that, oh, one person has a pizza store, the other person shouldn't open up a pizza store across the street uh, necessarily if he's going to, I mean, he can, according to the way we pass him, unless he's not going to pay the city taxes, so then he wouldn't be allowed to open up the other, the other pizza store, or according to the Abiyosov, the pizza store is the end of a closed mavoy, and the other person puts up his pizza store at the beginning of the mavoy, and both pizzas happen to be identical in taste, production, and price, so let's assume it would satisfy all of the other uh, criteria, and we pass him like the Abiyosov, okay, fine, so then you might have a, 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 sugus, a sugus food case, but Let's say that the pizza of the second fellow tastes better than the pizza of the first better fellow, or it's a cheaper price. So then the Rimigasha uh, brought by the Ramah in Hilchas Asagos Gvul uh, says that there's no Asagos Gvul in that case because of the Lukukos. There's a third party you have to look out for over here. It's not fair to deprive the Lukukos of their good pizza or their better price pizza. Says the Mordechai, this is what the, this uh, principle of psika is based upon. Before there's a deal, the mocher has decided he wants to sell at this price. So it's not fair to deprive the mocher that the one person undercuts the mocher's price, says, I only sell to you for less. And everybody else says, oh, that's it. We're out of the picture. We're not allowed to negotiate anymore. The mocher loses out. He's not going to get the price that he's looking for. It's not fair to the mocher. So it's the same principle. So says the Prisha, the Prisha thinks that if you would leave the mocher and the kone alone to their own devices, eventually the forces of negotiation would just sort of carry themselves. The process would play itself out. And we know invariably the deal is going to get done. So then at that point in time, it's not proper for a, a third party, even though they haven't yet sealed the deal. But basically the, it's, uh, the, the, the motion has been put into effect. Um, the, the motions have been you know, turned on so that eventually it's going to lead to a finalization of the transaction. So then somebody else should not come along and insert himself. So we don't find this shita of the prisha certainly making its way into the Shulchan Aruch, and it doesn't even make its way into the Sma. In fact, we would be able to ignore it altogether if not for the fact that it does get mentioned by some later authorities, including the Aruch HaShulchan. The Aruch HaShulchan says, yeah, the prisha uh, would uh, be um, uh, would not be applicable when I have uh, somebody who wants to purchase a, a good opportunity that comes along, uh, and uh, they're gonna it's uh, and they're not necessarily gonna find this opportunity so easily. The second person will have to go to another town or somewhere else to find another opportunity. So then we say that we're not gonna deprive the second person of this opportunity if the first person, the first prospective purchaser or the seller, haven't reached terms then he can get involved. But if it's a very busy market, it's a very busy market, and the second fellow could just as easily go to the next booth and uh, negotiate over there with some other seller for the merchandise or the property or whatever it is that's a, that he's looking to buy. He doesn't need to this merchandise, this property. It's a busy market. And he sees that the seller is in negotiations with one fellow, even if they haven't sealed the deal, he shouldn't insert himself because he can go very easily somewhere else. That's what the Oracle Shokan seems to say. And Ramosha Feinstein, at least when he talks about a commercial transaction, assumes as a double pushout that, of course, we have to be koshish for the priest. It's an interesting thing. Pashtus is that the Mordechai makes sense, that if I'm Hoshish for the Prisha, so then I'm depriving the Mocher. The Mocher hasn't sealed the deal yet. 
I don't know if left to their own devices, everything is going to be finished. Maybe it'll be finished because they're not giving the mocha the benefit of other purchasers. But that's not, is that really fair but to the mocha? Um, so Pasha says that we wouldn't know like the Prisha, but the Prisha is definitely in, uh, is definitely in, the, in the picture as well. And then the last piece, uh, just in terms of laying the foundation that I wanted to discuss is, is any of this actionable in Besden? Somebody calls me up and says, hey, I have a claim. Somebody took away, I'm, I'm a giggle over here. And I have a claim that this Rabbi Abba, um, who I thought was a good fellow, he took away this, this, this property that I was really trying to purchase and I want to bring a dollar against him. So uh, to what degree does Bezdin get involved? Clearly Rabbi Yitzchak Nafka got involved, um, but you only get involved in order to say, hey, listen, this is the right thing to do as a Lathrim Meshur din sort of thing, or is it really actionable that if somebody violated that it has to be disgorged, as we mentioned, it's basically uh, a machlokis between uh, Rabbeinu Tam and, um, and everybody else. The Chem de Shlomo points out that at least we see from the Gemara that Mitzad Chasidus, Mitzad Lefrim Meshur Sadin, that Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha, at the very least, he instructed Rabbi Abba to do something, so he must have instructed him, if not to return the property, at least to say, Lefrim Meshur Sadin, it's the right thing to do. The Maharsham um, says that it's Pashut, that before the second person receives the property, if an injunction would be born in the best, then somebody would come for injunctive relief and say, stop the second guy from interfering with my deal, then of course, that would be appropriate for the Bezdin to do because you want to stop a person from acting like a Russian, being a Russian. That would certainly be appropriate. So this certainly says, and to the extent that the deal is not concluded um, with the second fellow, so for sure, Bezdin involvement would be appropriate, at least in terms of stopping the deal, um, injunctive relief of stopping the second person um, from, concluding, uh, from concluding the deal. Um, but the one thing that always bothered me a little bit, and it's okay, it could only bother me, and that's what the rest of the world can function. It, it, does, it doesn't matter so much if it only bothers Bob. I'm just being honest, it always bothered me. One thing that always bothered me um, was the, um, uh, the, the Nesivas. The Nesivas really on uh, the halacha base. Nesivas on halacha base um, sort of it, it says something that you would assume is a truism, which is that we know that all of these halachos, as I mentioned at the beginning, we have these different categories. We have mahapek, we have munach, we have tiyakho, we have pasik, um, that, that if you already are dealing with that a person has made a kinyan, and it's a pasik, so a person made a kinyan already, so then that's not only a mahapek that's much worse. That's a much more serious avera that it's gezel, it's gezel. I'm stealing from somebody who already made a kinyan. Um, so uh, therefore, Says the Nesivo, so, so what's this business? A balabayas because it's a metzia. It's a metzia to get this Rebbe. So he's poaching away this Rebbe from, uh, from another employee. So if there was already a Kenyan that was made with that Rebbe, they signed the contract or he started working. So then for sure, that can't be what the Shulchan Aruch is talking about. That can't be what uh, the, um, uh, what, what, uh, the, uh, what the Tosros was talking about. That would be, that would be an impossibility. Uh, so I have that uh, cited over here uh, within the the Aruch HaSholchan. I didn't bring uh, the, the Nesivas, um, a primary source, so it doesn't matter. Source 16, the Aruch HaSholchan. So he says uh, that uh, the um, uh, the case of uh, the Baal Abayis is mutter ain't shayak b'zam ha'apik b'chavara dein zed dover shemamomono dover mitzvah. He says, because it's a, it's a dover mitzvah. And uh, others explain, the Sman and Nesivas explain, because it's a dover sheinu matzoi. But then he adds, Obviously, Chazor is not going to work if they did a Kenyan. So, I don't know, I just, it just bothered me. Don't you think that Tosla should have spelled that out more? Because 
if I'm reading the case in Tosros, okay, if I'm just like a Talmud and Yeshiva, I'm reading the case in Tosros, and I read, Avam Socher, Balabayas Malamid Echod, Yoko Balabayas Achad, Lisker also Malamid Atzmo. So, do you like think to yourself, oh, it must be that the Kenyan didn't take place yet? I'm just asking you. Is that what you think to yourself? It just, it always bothered me. So I'm saying, am I the only one that this bothered? Just, okay, fine. Okay, fine. Where there's no Kenyan for a period of time. One thing if I say, come teach, the going rate is X. Another thing where I say, come teach for a year. One's an inducement to breach an agreement going forward. The other, the guy just has a day-to-day deal. Who says he's free to teach for an entire time? Come go as I please. I'm a, what do you call it? Uh, at will. Thank you. Literally had a detour in this room yesterday all that time. Okay, so. That's how I would, that's how I would, you know, the case is one is Porsche's, Porsche's interference in causing a breach. The so other, there's no real contract. So I would have said, I would have said, if the, nobody else said this, um, I mean, if somebody else would have said it, I would have said, I mean, nobody said it, so I shouldn't say it because it's going to make me look like, who am I to say this? So, but so I would have said that the toast, Pashup Shad and Tosos, and Pashup Shad and the Mechaber, and Sif Beis, and Shimon uh, Resha, Laman Zion as well, is that we're talking about um, a, a situation where it, what happened is what it says. There was a schirus, there was a kinyan, and nonetheless he's saying that it's still mutter. So I get the kasha, I, I get the pshad and the I understand. I understand it's pashad. Obviously, it's a kinyan that's outside of the domain of aniyamapik. First of all, who says he's talking about aniyamapik? But how could it be mutter? If it's not aniyamapik, how could it be mutter? If it was an actual kinyan, certainly, surely you're not allowed to breach a kinyan. So I did find, I did find something. I found something in the Mishpat Apol in my Rav Yosef Rosner. So he does have in his uh, footnote on this topic, in the footnote, uh, Lamed Gimel, so whatever parak he talks about, only Amahapik Bechorah. So in footnote, Lamed Gimel, he does countenance such an argument. He says that Nesiva says this, but the truth is that it's not Pashit, it's not recorded anywhere this way, and everybody goes along with Nesivas, and I get that. But he says you could make the following argument. And you could say, like I think the judge is saying, uh, that uh, since with respect to a poel, a poel has uh, the ability every single second to make that second, his last second on the job. He has the opportunity to do that. So therefore, at any moment in time, you could say that whatever kingdom there was, that only applies to the past. But as far as the future is concerned, it, there is no Kenyan unless this person decides that they're going to work the next second. And therefore, at any moment, you can go after that person in order to determine what their future should be. Now, even though he does make this suggestion, in the end, he kind of like is a little tepid about it. He says, well, maybe you can distinguish because on the one hand, it's true, the poel could be chosen at any moment. But on the other hand, the balabias, after he makes a king and he's not allowed to be chosen, so therefore, so there is some sort of a binding relationship from the standpoint of the Bible. I don't know. I, I don't think that, that the backtracking is as persuasive as the original comment. I like his original comment. Because I think it's consistent with the simple reading of Tosas, the simple reading of Malach and the Shulchanah. That's what I think. But again, as I said, I, I, I don't want to be like the Lone Ranger on this. I just, you know, I, I'm mentioning it as just, you know, a, a possible, possible shot. And as I said, I, I did, you know, found the Mashalibi Chafetz, at least um, in the footnotes of the Mishpat of Poalim, which, by the way, is an excellent, excellent safer. Anyone who doesn't have by Rav Yosef Rosner, Hey, whoever he is, a big, big time of Chacham did a very, very nice uh, job 
of describing all the halachas relating to the hiring and firing of employees and so forth. I think it was Nifter between the time that he finished writing the Sefer and when the Sefer was published, it was Nifter or somewhere in the interim. But it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful Sefer. Beautiful Sefer. Okay. Anyway. Sorry? Okay. So those are the foundational blocks. Now, um, how does this apply to the three different areas? So how does this apply to... Oh. And with respect to, to undoing the transaction, there's a secondary uh, discussion amongst the, the uh, Akronim who say that even that uh, the that certainly the Shavis Yosef says uh, that in the case of, of Gidl, even if I would hold as a general rule that I would require a disgorging of the transaction, that would only be in a case where the second person did it amazing. But in the case of Rav Gidl and Rabbi Abba was Bishogeg, that's why Yitzchak Nafka didn't push the envelope on it because that was Bishogeg. And of course, as we know, Rav Moshe Feinstein says nothing doing. Um, the psak is a psak. He said return the property. So it shows that even Bishogeg, uh, the principle would be, um, would, would, would be applicable. Okay. Um, now, at the... Um, uh, okay. With respect to Shiduchin, uh, so Rav Moshe Feinstein has his famous three different categories. Because first, this is in Evan says that uh, you see some, the two people are going out, and uh, you, um, a fellow's going out with a girl. Second fellow says, What are you talking about? I want that girl. So, does he have the right? And it could be not only the second fellow, it could be a shatran. Shatran says, I want uh, that, uh, the, the, I, I want that girl for the fellow I'm setting up. It could be, I want that girl for my son. It could be a, a third party as well. Third parties, uh, in this case, uh, also have a, a vested interest in it. And so uh, they also would be allowed to intervene and to try uh, to win over the girl as long as there was not a decision that was made that they're going to get engaged. Uh, now, Ramosha here does not bring the Prisha. He doesn't bring the Prisha um, because Ramosha must hold uh, that uh, perhaps uh, there, uh, what, what's the Svar of the Prisha? The Svar of the Prisha is that if you leave the two people alone, the seller and the buyer, so eventually they're going to come to terms of the deal. So that's because there's a certain script that you follow in the business world. There's both savvy business people who follow the script. There's no script when it comes to shiduchim. Shiduchim, any which way can happen, any possible result can happen. You can have a shiduch that's going really, really swimmingly, and then suddenly, oh, what do you mean you don't want to live in Borough Park? Whatever it happens to be, um, it... it the, 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 the strangest thing out of left field can just completely dismantle a, a shidduch. You never know what's going to happen. You can't say, if I leave these two people to their own devices, so for sure it's going to lead to a conclusion of the shidduch. You can't, you simply can't say it. So it could be, that's why Ramosha doesn't even, even though in the Mecca Chomemka context, in, in the Chedekal of Simen Samach, he does bring in the Prisha as something that should be followed. Here, Ramosha does not, does not mention the priest at all. Then he says it would be Heter Gomer. Yes. We're not up to that yet. No, but then he says that's not the Prisha. He says that that case is already a case where it's considered as if it's a regular oniomapic I have a psika. He says that's the case of psika. No, 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 no. He says he he considers that to be to be equivalent. No, psika. There's psika, there's psika, and then there's kinyan. The psika, and then there's kinyan. In, in a regular oniomapic vechariva situation, if you look at the lashon of the, the Mordechai, the way that it works is at first you have the gamu apisuk. 
Gomu apisuk below ayu chaserim rakakinyan. So basically, when the couple decides, the, the, the seller decides he's going to sell me the house at a certain price. That's the psika. That's the psika. Then we have to draw up the contract. So if Moshe is saying that when a couple, this is stage two, when a couple is machlit, they're going to get engaged, okay? They're going to get married. They decide they're going to get married. That, that, that's the haklata. That's the lashon of Moshe. They may machlit that they're going to get married, but they just have an imechlitu ligmar ashiruch. That's the Lashon of Moshe. So I think is, in my humble opinion, my humble opinion, that's further along than what the Prisha is discussing. No, he's, he said that's applicable to, since in that case of Dhamma, the price is of how much the dowry is, that's, that's relevant to Mara. I'm, I'm not under the impression that he's agonizing so much about the price of the dowry. He said, sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, it's clear here. Then he goes back to the word yeah. of Mara, because when he added to it here, yeah. he had to look at it, I'm not the word of Mara, it was a little more than that, I'm just telling you. Yeah, in but that then. Case, he didn't, there was a the whole thing around, he just said, no, I, if there was any ambiguity in all the sources that he's throwing around, that's why he gives you the summary at the end. He says, don't get lost, you know, in all of my details. <laughs> he says, Yatsal Nadina, I have three categories. They weren't Huskam Ligma Shiduchin, no sir. They were Nigma Inyan, okay, that they, they decided that they're going to get married, and now they, normally you would make a Kinyan or a Ksivas Tanayim. Uh, so then he says that that's where I have Machlokis Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam at that point in time, because basically the deal is sealed. It's just that you don't have a Kenyan yet. So then he says, even then, that they have decided, according to Ramosha, you have a couple, they make an announcement. They say, Mazel Tov, we're engaged, and it's all over social media, and everybody's singing Simintov and Mazel Tov and so forth. But they say, oh, by the way, next week we're going to have the Vort. The Vort, we're going to sign the Tanoim. Okay, I mean, when such things used to happen. Okay, so then Ramosha says, during that period of time, according to Rashi, nobody else is allowed to interfere. According to Rabbeinu Tam, it's still fair game. It's still fair game. You can still interfere. According to Rabbeinu Tam. Then he says in the Maskana, he says, number one, if you're Yari Hashem, you should be machmir about it. If you're Yari Hashem, he say, I'm not such a Yari Hashem. First, let me get married to this girl. Then I'll be a Yari Hashem. So, 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 so that he, he doesn't say as required. He says something else I. Um, which I'm going to get to in a moment, okay? He says that once I reach the point in which there's an actual cherem, they make a kinyan, they make the tenayim, there's an actual cherem. So then he says, because of the cherem, you, you can't get involved anymore. Then he has some sort of alumnus that once there's a cherem, so that automatically makes it an oniyamapik l'charor, according to all opinions. But maybe what you want to say is, he says, nowadays, nowadays that you, um, most people don't do uh, the uh, Tanayim, they don't have like official Tanayim and an official imposition of the Cherem. So then he says that it could be that Bizman like in this Medina where we don't really uh, do anything um, except announce the engagement. So it could be that the Cherem is automatically Chal at that point in time. So I don't really have then three stages. I basically have two stages, according to uh, according to Rav Moshe. Maybe I have, according to Rav Moshe, a window of five minutes, okay, in which a person can potentially still um, insert himself 
uh, into the picture and steal the girl. According to Rabbeinu Tam, you're in the restaurant and they're, you know, um, and they're about to announce their engagement. You say, how are you doing? Well, we just decided that we're going to get engaged. What are you telling me? You should marry me instead. So according to Rabbeinu Tam, maybe you could still do that um, because they haven't yet announced to the world, oh, we're engaged. Um, so in that like 20 minute period between when they're sitting at the table and when they announce to the world that they're going to be engaged, that presumably would be when the chayrim would be chal nowadays. So maybe you would still have that small window according to Ramosha. Source 17, yeah, we're, 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 Fine, yeah, go ahead. Right.
And, but if you do something like this and similar types of things, this is where the Rabbim is mentioning which halacha? The halacha of Ani Mapik And he says, if you do similar things, with respect to any other kind of Mechachumemker, Nikra Russia and the person considered to be a Russia. There are some, like the Chem Neshama, who wanted to show from this Ramam. The Ramam holds the like Rabbeinu Tam. It is only a problem in the context of Mecca Komemka, not in the context of Mitzia. What's, what's the Ramam's Lashon? Bishar Divrei Mecca Komemka. If you do this in the case of Kiddushin, or you do this Bishar Divrei Mecca, in other types of cases of Mecca Komemka, so then that's a Rosha. But not in the case of Mitzia. It could be that the Ramam holds it's a transaction that uh, a woman, you're marrying a woman, it's a, not necessarily a piece of real estate, but the Gemara Sota says, you know, Bosco comes out, you get this woman, you get this other. It's a transaction. That's a transaction. Maybe the Ramam understood it, like Mecca Komemker. Now, the, the, the only backtracking that I have for that is that the Ramam does only record it. In the case of the Shliach, he doesn't record it in somebody other than the Shliach. I could say, when I hire a Shliach, whether I'm paying him or not, so that's more of a transactional type of thing, as opposed to when I'm just uh, looking to uh, marry a girl. Uh, so maybe that's more of a Metziah. Maybe that's, a, that's why the Ramam only has it by Shliach and not by anything else. Or maybe the Ramam meant Labdafka Shliach. I, I, I don't know. I leave that for further thought because I just found that curious. Within the Ramam, I don't know that others have focused on that so much, but the Lashon of the just sort of caught my eye and my attention. I haven't had a chance to really delve into that further. I'm just mentioning that, you know, for, um, for, further, for further thought. From the, on the other side of the equation, you have Sternbach, who says Ramosha was writing for Americans. Russia is right for Americans. Even maybe the Haredi community in America, because in America, they're much looser than we are. Much looser than we are. But where I am, I don't know where he wrote this. I don't know. Maybe he wrote it in South Africa. I don't know. But, but where I am, he said, um, in the Haredi, I don't think they had such a strong Haredi community there. Um, but uh, where, where I am in the Haredi community, where I am, um, so it works very differently. You don't have a Chassan and Kala beginning to date with each other Unless the parents have basically already approved the deal, and it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that they're going to get married. So therefore, he says that this idea of psika is not dependent upon when they say, "Oh yeah, Masel Tov, we're engaged," and you have the, the you have the lachayim or whatever. He says no. As soon as they start dating, he doesn't even rely on the priesthood per se. He just says, as soon as they start dating, it's basically um, considered. As if they have essentially sealed the deal, and it would be usher for somebody to um, for somebody to interfere at that point in time, because it's the parents basically that established the shidduch. So look at his last paragraph. It's only when the parents have done a lot of research and they've made a thousand and one telephone calls. That's Karva Darashi Gamer. And then for sure, the shidduch is going to happen, as we all know, right? I mean, who dates more than once in the Haredi world? Yesh Isra So then you can't suggest anybody else at that point in time you need to call it Russia. But in those places that I've heard, Uvimiyuchad by America, especially in America, like it's just like, hopeless. It's just like a, 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 a complete, you know, wasteland over there. Shabacha be'atzmo nifkashima. And the boy himself, Meets with a girl, and only after he decides that he likes her, like he as if he could say such a thing. Only then do the parents get involved. So then, sure, sure, if the parents aren't involved, so we know how irresponsible those youngsters can be. So then, there wouldn't be any kind of a psika. 
That's certainly not the way that our ancestors would have conducted themselves. But nonetheless, it would not be considered to be riches for somebody else to come along at that point in time. Comes along of Yosef Fleischman. Yosef Fleischman Shlita says, I don't agree with him. I don't agree with him. But there is one group of um, one group within our community where it might be applicable. Not the Charedim, but the Chasidim. The Chareyeshmakam Drara Bachasidim. I know again, I don't have the materials. It's Rabbi Yosef Fleischman. In some, and this I believe is true. In some Kasidish circles, the Bacha doesn't meet the Bachura until they basically almost 100%. The limit approaching 100% are pretty certain that this is definitely happening. Very, very rare, it won't happen. So then you can apply what he said. But he says, make a thousand calls. But the thousand calls are just that they'll meet each other. Much similar, it happens a lot that then they meet each other and And they say, I don't care what my parents say about this. I don't like him. I don't like her. I want somebody else. And it's not so unusual that the parents themselves change their minds in the middle of the dating. So therefore he says, that you have to be in certain Hasidic circles for this to be true, but otherwise it's not true. Um, yes. I said, where's Amir Saz? And look at me with straight face. It says, our children have such a moon and the parents. That's Amir Saz right there. Yeah. Now, the one who says explicitly, like, very good, very good. The one who says explicitly, like what I mentioned within Ramosha, why he, though you don't bring the Pekisha, the, the, the pre-show over here, with respect to the Pekishos, is Ratsui Tzvi Yehuda Yaakov, who says that uh, things can go any which way, and uh, therefore it's not relevant to bring in uh, the pre into the So we have, basically, yeah, 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 so, um, I, I'm sorry? He does say it, he does say it in, in the Koshim Mishpat, yeah, 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 so he mentioned Oh, I, I, I didn't see that in was funny. But Moshe, how does hold by the preacher? Because in Mecca, he holds by the preacher. So the, the um, so we have really all these different directions. You have the Moshe sort of middle approach. Then you have the Chulis and Hungus approach. Uh, qualified with Yosef Fleischman, and maybe Shidukim are more Hummer. Um, and uh, then you have a sort of this uh, explanation on some level that Shidukim of the Maharshal that Shidukim might actually be less Hummer, even according to Rashi. Once you reach the stage of Animahapik, because you're dealing with a mitzvah, and that would be consistent with the Arachashokan, who takes into account the sort of the mitzvah component, but this also shows the Arachashokan didn't get it out of thin air, that it's consistent with the Marashal's interpretation of the Sugya in Kiddush, and I left the Ramam as a Tzarachiyun as to whether the um, the Ramam is comparing Shiduchan uh, somehow with Mecca Chumemker, and I just leave that as a, as, as a Tzarachiyun. Mecca Chumemker, there is a very important Nakuda that I wanted to bring out, which is, where do you figure out when to stop? If you're the mocher, um, or when you're the uh, post- prospective secondary lokak, there's a house that was for sale, and now you understand that, this, uh, that uh, the, the mocher accepted an offer of a particular individual, uh, but you are really interested in that house. The for sale sign is still up on the house. The for sale sign is still up, uh, still up in the house. Or there's a sign that says in contract or pending contract. That's still, now, does pending contract mean that the seller is basically advertising that, yeah, I did agree to terms with somebody, but I'm going to give the opportunity for somebody to name a better price. And that's why I still have the sign up saying pending contract. Otherwise, really, the sign should say sold, right? 
well, what's the point of having a sign altogether? Maybe you can't say sold because it would be a sheker because it's not actually sold yet. Uh, but you don't have the for sale sign up. So why do you have pending contract up? Pending contract is perhaps an invitation for other people to make you a better offer. When I bid on the house and the person accepted the offer, they took the for sale sign down immediately. That was the end of it. So the question is, when do you make those determinations? Well, let's say that they're really, you know that they took down the for sale sign and for sure there's not even a pending contract sign up on the lawn, but you know that you can make an offer that this would be a seller, an offer that the seller can't refuse. Not because you're the mafia, but because you're a developer, okay? Um, and, and, and there was one market that the seller was dealing with up until now, which was the market of purchase of, of real estate um, homeowners. And maybe the house was on the market for between 500,000 and 700,000, and the seller decided on 600,000. So maybe even if you can come up with another 100,000, you shouldn't do it because the seller knew he could get another 100,000. But he decided that nonetheless, he's going to save himself the Agmas Nefesh and more negotiations. He found himself a purchaser. He agreed to the price and that's the end of it. But now you're a developer. It's a totally different market. You're prepared to offer $2 million for the house. You're prepared to offer $2 million for the house. But you say, oh no, I shouldn't interfere at this point in time. That's, that story has always bothered me because I, I understand developers of different market. But on the other hand, I'm, I, my, my gut feeling goes, okay, Lokeach needs a place to live. The developer can go find another property and build something else. This Lokeach may have nowhere else to live and he needs a, he needs a roof over his head. So why should any Adita should be given to the, to the uh, developer? I never understand. I didn't say there should be. Okay, okay. I'm raising the question. Okay. I, I'm I, raising the question. I clearly sympathize with Lokeach. I sympathize with Lokeach. There was no money. There's no Misha Parah. It was my Mechusa is the term that, you, you, that I think you mean. Of Hinsedek, Sheisi, Solo, Yasu, Avlo. There's a Mechusa Amonim problem. There's no Misha Parah if there wasn't money handed over yet. Misha Parah, money's handed over, is no king in me. Uh, so there's no Misha, it's not Misha Parah territory. But you're correct. It's Mechusa Amonim territory. There is a question which is raised about whether the seller is involved at all in this Animafik Vachorara business. We had Rabbi, we, we had Rabbi Abba, we had, and we had Rabbi Giddel, but we didn't, we, we didn't, the, the seller wasn't mentioned altogether. Um, does the seller have any kind of involvement? Does the seller have any kind of a, uh, of an achrayas over here? So there's an achlas Yoshua, um, uh, that says that when a, um, uh, a malamate, uh, is, uh, allowed. In real cases, wouldn't there be like a deposit down? Some kind of deposit before the contract is signed? Earnest money, they call it, don't they? Um, let's assume there was no earnest money okay. deposit. Okay. Okay. So that complicates the issue. I don't know. So that, that, that complicates the issue a little bit. Um, it, it also goes to the Tirchel question. That complicates the issue a little bit. But if you have uh, the, um, so the Nakas Yoshua says that when the Baal Bayis is allowed to poach away a Malamid, so we say once it's mutter for the um, Baal Bayis, so it's mutter for the Malamid. So he brings that as a raya that it's never really an issue with respect to whichever entity is kind of like the um, the selling entity um, uh, when, when, when it comes to uh, when it comes to a transaction. But it's not a perfect raya because you could say that once it was mutter for the balabayas to uh, to poach him, so then it was mutter for for, for him to go. The Avnei Nazar says clearly that there's no iser on the um, on the mocher, and it's really uh, uncertain as as a matter of halacha, but. Even if there's no is of Ani Ma'apik for the Mocher to go back on his deal and to recruit, let's say, another seller, another purchaser for more money, there would be this Mechusa Ramona problem. 
But if you don't have a mechusu amana problem, this is also a chiddush. No, I don't know if anybody says this. I don't know if anybody says this, but you know, I'm just here just to discuss the inyanim. Maybe if it wouldn't be mechusu amana for a seller to go to a purchaser, like for example, we have a whole discussion, the whole, and this is why I put it in the sources at Simon Reish Dalit, Sifyan Aleph, we have a, the discussion within the Ramah about whether it's mechus mamana betray tari. Is mechus mamana only in one market, bechad tari, or is it betray tari? Even if it's sort of like a second market, there was like a certain type of market reality, um, and a seller was prepared to finalize the deal in that market reality, and then the market reality changed it. To, there was an overhaul, a transformation of the market, and now the prices are in a different galaxy altogether. It's what we call tray Like my example of the developer comes along. It's a different market when a developer. Believe me, I know, I know. It's a different market when a developer is willing to. to well, yeah, I mean, except. I didn't get the developer money, but <laughs> it was okay. But but I knew the difference between what the developer was offering me before the real estate market crashed and what you know we eventually got. But Hashem, we, we we made a profit. We we did not make the developer profit. Okay, but that's okay. Um, but 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 in any event, uh, the um, uh, it's, it's it's definitely that would be an example of Tari. So the Rama says that he thinks that the Iker is that there's still mechus Ramana even in a Tari market. But the Pisgah Choshen points out that there are many, many um, postgames that are not so sure about this Raman. He says that there are many Achronim who are Mako betray, uh, betray Tari, including the Ksam Sofer, including the Natiya of the Shach, including the Chacham Tzvi, and the Shevet Alevi. And you should look at Source 23, also says that if it is Hishtanus Gadol, if there's like a huge, huge change in the market, that's what we would call an Unsad Loshchiach. And that nobody could have anticipated this tremendous change in the market. If I would argue that in a tretari situation, it would be not a lack of for a mocher to go and recruit somebody else to give him more money than whatever he agreed to in his deal, shall we say, with the purchaser. So maybe, maybe, maybe you can argue that in that case, even if the mocher didn't approach the purchaser, if a purchaser knows that he's kind of in a tretari camp and he's a developer and the and the moche was only sort of reaching out to the market of the, the real estate homeowners, um, which may be capped at 700000 now the developer knows he's prepared to offer $2 million. So maybe in that particular case, it would be legitimate to approach the moche, despite the fact that he already entered into a deal with somebody, but he didn't sign the contract. You could say, oh, but with Nimishur Sadin, it does, you're supposed to keep your word, be like Rosafra, it doesn't matter, you're Dom Benesino, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You, 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 made, you made a certain Dove Emes Bilbovo, you made a certain pact, you made a certain, there's a certain understanding, maybe you should keep your word no matter what. That's Amidas Chasidus. Um, people don't always have the luxury of keeping Amidas Chasidus. They have families to support, they have lots of bills to pay, they have, you know, I, I, I don't know that you force somebody into a Midas Chasidus situation. I'm raising the possibility that maybe in that particular case, it would be okay for the Lokeach to come along and to offer that, uh, that higher, ridiculously higher price. Um, because if the seller is allowed to back it anyway, we know that if the seller approaches a purchaser as a general rule. So then we say that the seller is showing that the deal has not been closed. Now, if the purchaser knows that the seller said that uh, there's a deal and now he's betraying the deal in order to get more money from the purchaser, it could be that would be a messiah of Nechusa Ramana. Some of the posts can discuss that. That's a question. That's a question. As a general rule, we see from the Tosfos um, in Kiddushin with respect to, to uh, the uh, with respect to the Malamed, 
um, that if you yourself are uh, are approached, um, so you're approached by the person who says, hey, you know, this. Uh, forget about the fact that I have an employee. Um, this job is available for you. Then you, you don't have to ask any questions and say, oh, did you do the wrong thing by breaking your bonds? It doesn't sound like Tosa says you need to investigate. Then there would be no issues. So that for sure should be okay. There was a, a tshuva by, of, um, again, Tzvi uh, Yehuda ben Yaakov, in which uh, he might appear in his Mishpatech of Yaakov. A purchaser wanted to know for, you forget a car or a house, whether he could offer like another thousand dollars, and he quoted the Mordechai who says that there's an issue of Mahapik Bakarola, even in a, a situation where the person is offering a little bit more money because he says, that we see that even if you're offering a little bit more money, uh, it's still us for you to do that. But I think that's but that's but that's the Khatara. But that's the Khatara, right? That's a much wealthier girl in much the market. Wealthy. No, because you're not supposed to marry based on noy, right? You know, yeah, uh, or, or, right, or, or or based on or, or on a shiris. So that's the uh, that's that's the Vilna Gon. Um, so we uh, so we hold that that's not a consideration. It should not be a consideration. Yeah, um, and we don't have this asher ani consideration when it comes to shiduchim. That Ramosha doesn't distinguish. He doesn't say, oh, but according to Rashi, we should distinguish it if the first person who came along was an asher, because when it comes to shiduchim, everybody's an ani. You could be a billionaire, but you know, still, you're basically a poor tail who's looking for a little happiness in life. Everybody is in the same situation when it comes to shidduchim. It's uh, uh, you're poor until you get married. So therefore, that that exception, none of the posts can speak about within within Rashi. I found that interesting as well. So that's what I wanted to raise. I wanted to say the Mahon Lahira, um has a journal. They had a journal in the 1990s. A wonderful journal. It's called I think it lasted, what, five years? How long did it last? I don't know. It's a wonderful, wonderful journal in the 1990s. And they had one issue, Yud Zayin, I think, that was completely devoted to this issue of Animaapik Bacharara. And they have the following very fascinating observation. This is on the last page, on uh, source 34. Mishiniak Modah Machoni Sakar. He has a for sale sign in a car. Then Ruvain makes a deal with the seller and they uh, arrange a certain price that they agree to. Is it mutter for Shimon to come along and to add to the money? And uh, similar to Yehuda ben Yaakov, can he offer some more money? So they explain and here. We'll assume it's Bechad Tara that it's in the same range. So the um, uh, so the tshuva is uh, that the uh, that the answer is that is the sign still up or not? If the for sale sign is still up. Um, this is only when you approach the mocher. But as I mentioned, based on the tosos, if the mocher approaches you and says, I'm interested in, in, in still negotiating for a better price, then there's no because basically what the seller is saying is, you thought there was a psika, there's no psika because the for sale sign is still up. So I asked the question, I don't know the answer. I ask the question, does the same thing apply when you have contract pending? Does contract pending basically say to you that, oh, the mocher is prepared to violate mechusar amana, and now he's putting you on nisayon, whether you're going to violate animapik mecharoga. Or is he saying, no, there's no deal. So I think that what he's probably saying is, if it says for sale, so that means that, that he's basically saying to the purchasers, no deal. I wouldn't say for sale if we really had a deal. But if he says contract pending, he's really saying there is a deal. So he's saying there is a deal. I might be willing to consider violating an ISR, uh, but there really is a deal. So I think that if the sign's up and it says contract pending, you probably should not interfere.
you probably should not interfere in that particular situation. I don't know. I, I'm raising the question. I, I hear that on some level, but if it's something where assuming that the normal course of things that they would go through, so you say maybe that's an issue of Prisha. Maybe that saying you don't have to be Maka like the Prisha. I don't know. I sold my house a month like that. Yeah. I was denied a mortgage three times and the sale fell through. Yeah, but then maybe what you should do is first wait and see whether he's going to get the mortgage or not. Because let's say that he's still going to get, getting the mortgage and somebody else makes you an offer. No, no, so, no idea because I was honoring that. I, I assume that. So maybe it means that you get an offer. So you turn to that fellow and say, listen, I have a better offer. If your mortgage doesn't go through in the next uh, three weeks, uh, so then I'm going to have to call off the deal. So maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe, maybe Taka, it, it depends what it means. But there are a number of postkim who say that you look at on some level, you look at the Dina de Mahusa in terms of what the um, what it means, what all of these uh, different uh, signals mean. So you would take into account from a Dina de Mahusa perspective um, uh, that um, if, uh, generally speaking, um, uh, uh, having a certain sign up means that the deal isn't done, so maybe you would uh, just have to understand what um, what what it means so from that perspective, and whatever is the general dina de mahusa of what the, the different signs mean, and if it basically means there is no psika left, you don't have like a thought, like 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 a real deal. If that would be the, the meaning and the understanding, so then there would be probably less of a problem of ani uh, amahapich. Dina de mahusa seems to be more of a consideration when you're dealing with like a non-Jewish seller who's bound by different rules. If you're dealing with a Jewish seller, so I'm not sure. Yeah. How long do they have in contract? We even have three or four photographs of houses that says sold. They still put in the advertisement with all the houses we have. I don't think we've seen that. I didn't understand that. Right. So I don't know. As a purchaser, how would I have interpreted? How would I have interpreted if there still would have been like advertisement of the property after you know I had registered my like I thought that there was a that there was a deal. So maybe it really depends on what the minigamakum is as to when there is a feeling that there really is a deal. But I would imagine that when somebody like shakes your hand and says, "We have a deal. We have a deal. I'm going to send you a contract." So then it's understood. Yes, of course the deal might fall apart. But until it actually falls apart, so somebody else comes along, it'll be on him hopic. But yes, you're right. If the seller is um, is actively soliciting the bids, and uh, the uh, and it's in a fashion in which it's clear that the seller doesn't really consider it to be a done deal, so then there probably would be less of a problem for other people to be involved. The other thing that he says in the Mashiv um, Kalacha is that um, if somebody else came along after the seller of the car had agreed to sell it to Ruvain, Shimon, his good friend, says, "Oh." You know, I, I really want that car. So as long as he didn't enter into a contract with Ruben, yet he'd be allowed to do that because this is not considered to be like a Dova Kozov because he just had no idea that his good friend was going to come along. And he brings a raya from the Taz with respect to the Moel, a person who hires somebody to be a Moel, and then changes his mind when his good friend comes along because he didn't know his good friend was available. It's not considered to be a Dova Kozov and Mutalach. So I thought that was a stretch and, 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 and a Chiddush. But on the other hand, um, he did have a taz, so uh, I, 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 I can't disagree with, with the riot, or the riot is not such a bad riot. Yeah? One, regarding the moral, when does he get the meaning? When I call him Khan, or when he's in the bridge and I tell him, please do the bridge on my behalf? Yeah, when you say, and, and he says, deal, I'll be there. You know, I'll be there Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock, and you say, good, you know, please, please so be then, there. Let's say I live in Anchorage. What? I live in Anchorage. There's only one moral. Am I, am I allowed to call a moral from the Dr. That's a separate Shiloh. 
the separate shaila as to whether he has like some sort of a chazaka. It, it depends if the, the community if the community accepted upon themselves that they're going to support all of the local uh, moalim and uh, the local uh, sofrim and uh, not use anybody else and that's part of like the tanai in which the zayin tuveir so to speak sent up uh, set up the entire city so then presumably you'd have to follow those rules but if there were no rules that were set up uh, then uh, you probably could hire whomever you want. It depends on what rules uh, the, the the town was uh, was established. Sometimes there are town there are rules. Like there are rules uh, in certain towns that the Masada, that the rabbi who's the rabbi of the shul is always Masada Kedushin and gets paid a certain fee for it. There, there, there were towns like that. And not so much anymore, but there were places like that. So you have, you have to look at what the uh, what the Metzias is. Okay, we just have a few minutes left. I mean, not really, but the uh, the last topic that I wanted to um, to cover just very, very uh, quickly is uh, the question of uh, the poaching. But I really covered it a little bit in terms of just sort of my question mark uh, with respect to, to how to interpret uh, Sif base of the Shulchan Aruch, um, is uh, the permissibility to poach uh, the Rebbe only before a king has been made or even after a king has been made. And again, I'm just throwing it out there that I'll accept whatever is uh, the uh, the official, you know, officially accepted opinion out there. But I think Yesh uh, Amar, you know, Ladun, uh, uh, certainly when it comes uh, to this uh, to this this particular particular question, um, uh, that uh, and based on the Svar, the Mishnah Poel, which I think is a decent Svar. I once wrote an article for the Journal of Halakha and Contemporary Society about retention and recruitment of school teachers, um, in which I I brought this Svar. I did bring this Svar just so it should be be out there, um, and I think there's what uh, there's what to discuss about it. Now, if there is a um, um, a Rabbi Kiva Eger, which is an important Rabbi Kiva Eger. Um, in which he says that the restriction on the malamed, malamed is not allowed to insinuate himself when he knows that a different malamed has already been hired or is about to be hired. He says that that is only when he's sort of indefinitely going to be there. But if there is a term after which the malamed normally leaves, that normally you hire the malamed for only one year, then it would be okay for the second malamed to say to the Baal or to the school, I would like this position once that one year is over. But he says it's not true if this is a position which is out in the wilderness somewhere, out in the boondocks, where there wouldn't be an expectation that somebody else would be hired after a year, then the expectation would be that all else being equal, the original lobby would continue to be hired, and then you wouldn't have the right to, to interfere with the future employment of that uh, individual. However, there are a number of uh, postkim who say that uh, this qualification of the wilderness, which is discussed by Rabbi Akiva Eger, would really be applicable to most of our employment situations nowadays, certainly in the schools and like, where there's always an expectation that the teacher will be retained for another year, a third year, a fourth year indefinitely, uh, unless uh, there's uh, unless uh, the uh, the school makes it clear that they're looking for somebody to fill the position. So therefore, there is no such thing really that we have of oh, we know that this position is going to be over and then it's going to be fair game for everybody. That probably is not uh, a, a statement that that, they, that you can. Assume would be would be true. Minchas Tzvi says that that would be true with respect to the Malami case, but with respect to the Balabayas case, even if it was case it was already a Kenyan, and we assume like the Nesivus that after the Kenyan is made, you can't interfere. He says certainly at the end of the the, the term, when the term would be over, you'd be allowed to interfere because then you wouldn't be intruding on any. It's not psik. It's not even pasuk yusig. You're not intruding on anybody's um, on anybody's um, parnasa um, at that point in time. If what you're trying to do as the balabayas is to snatch the malamin away, because nobody's losing parnasa, um, the the balabayas is just you know have to look for another malamin. But the malamin is the one who's getting the parnasa. So if he doesn't get parnasa from that guy, he'll get parnasa from you. So he says then if certainly you would be allowed to go after somebody. You know that this uh, this rebbe is hired for you know a one year term. 
it's just true that the Baal Bias might want to hire him for longer, but you're allowed to, for sure, assist the Minchas III to recruit him, um, even if a king was ready-made, not for that right now, but for when his uh, term will be over. There is some discussion there in the Malamid context about how you're not allowed to do that if it's going to be Bari Hezeka. If you're going to cause a terrible Hezek to the school institution, so then that's a different story. Um, that they're going to collapse with it without this wonderful malamed. So that's a different story. But again, if the person approaches you, so then it's always mutter. It's also mutter, like the Gemara in Baba Basa says that you can be mechalik egozim and kloyos if you have a good store. Um, and it's not considered to be poaching away somebody else's customers, but they just see that people see that you have good, 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 good nuts that you're giving away. So if you advertise your services in general, to the world out there without recruiting, without selling yourself for a particular job where somebody happens to be a Rebbe, unless it's like pretty clear that that's what you're trying to angle to do. But if you're, you know, just sort of generally advertising your services, so that w- would be mutter, uh, even if, you know, that uh, happens to draw the interest of uh, somebody who is now maybe more considering terminating somebody because they know that you happen to be available, um, that, would be, um, that would be permissible. Okay, so just the, the last thing I'll mention is that the postgame do talk about some of these inyanim in different contexts that such as, for example, there's like, like fun examples. Uh, like a bunch of candies are being thrown in an offer up and like, you know, one kid is about to, you know, pick up a candy and you see you swoop in and you're able to pick up that candy first. You know, is that only a horror situation? So that runs a little bit to uh, some of uh, the responses that Rashi would have to the riots of Rabbeinu Tam. Why isn't the case of Peya uh, considered to be a, a riot? So say the case of Peya is not a riot that a Messiah is always permissible, just there, like everybody's an Oni, like everybody's running after the same things. So they say, okay, well, it's there too. Everybody's running after the candies and enough of, so therefore it's fair game. So that would be a riot. So that's like some fun applications of these, um, of these principles in, 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 various, uh, in various contexts. They also talk about it in terms of cutting lines and car spots where one person is about to back into the car spot, but you're coming from behind and you can angle in from the front into the car spot. So at what point in time is that considered to be or there's a big line, but you can run to the, you, you figure out a way in which you're going to go around. You're going to cut through the line because you're about to miss your flight. So for you, it's kind of like a Metsia situation because if you don't make this flight, there isn't like another flight that you can get. So maybe then that would be sort of a Metsia case where it would be mutter for you to do so. Um, so the um, I thought the Pisgah Koshin had a good approach about this. This is in Ha'ara Lamed, in his uh, Paraktes in Geneva Vagazela, where he has uh, some of these discussions. He said that especially if we assume that a lot of uh, the Inyan of Aniyam Hapik is based upon the principle of Asisa Yashavetov. So you have to look in every single situation what exactly is the Asisa Yashavetov. And a lot of that is going to depend upon what are considered to be the proper Nimusim, what are considered to be the proper etiquettes. When it comes to these situations, every situation has its own etiquette, whether it's uh, how you stand in line, whether it's how you go, go or defer to others when it comes to a car spot. So you should just follow whatever is at the proper appropriate minog when it comes to, um, when it comes to the etiquette in order to fulfill it's not always these hard and fast rules. You say, oh, well, for me, it's a metzian, for them, it's a mechan. Um, because you have to just think about uh, what the appearances are, what's, what's the correct nimus, and that's going to define the correct application of the asisa yashavetov in each situation. Okay, let's stop here. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah, because the, 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 the months here, we can buy a house.